get into the message this morning. If you have your Bibles, would you go to the book of Matthew chapter 7? And on the back of your bulletin, you'll see there's an opportunity to take notes there. And uh, my message, I promise you, I'm not going to go very long today. Uh, but I do have some strategic things I want to share with you for this new year. And if you're ready to receive them, say amen. amen. Vision Sunday, the last Sunday and the last day of this year. Before we get into this, can we take a moment and reflect on what 2023 has brought this campus? Number one, it brought this campus a brand new year of vitality and growth. We dedicated this campus August the 27th of this year and officially launched on that day. We dedicated it in prayer. How many of you remember back in April of this year when we came together and we wrote scriptures on all the floors? So if you go back there, those of you that are new, if you go back there where all those wood floors are, those laminate floors, underneath that, underneath that laminate are scriptures everywhere. And prayers for people that came on that evening of um, in April. I think it was April the sixth, I believe. And we prayed, and we just we asked God to pour out His Spirit upon this campus. And we had people going into all the rooms and praying over every single room. How many of you? How many uh, have ever felt coming off of your out of your car across the parking lot, and the moment you come in this building, you feel something change? That's because this building has been dedicated to God in prayer. And so we're in every week we gather together on Sunday morning before service and we pray in this sanctuary because how many believe that unless God builds his house, we labor in vain building it. And so we gather together. We continually every week dedicate our services and dedicate our campus and dedicate all of you in prayer because we believe that God wants to build his church at this location and not only build these four walls, but God wants to build a community here around this location. Amen. And so we are, we are very, very passionate about that. And so just to see those things happen, to see all of you here on a, on a holiday weekend is just amazing to me. And I'm so excited to see you here this morning. We have an online stream now. To, we started out with my iPhone right here in the second pew. In back in March when I first came here. And then that changed over to a, to a solitary camera. And then it changed over to two cameras now on YouTube streaming. And, and just the, the growth of our instruments on stage. The growth of our lighting. The growth of our children's our children's wing. And I'll put up our children's classrooms. Our nursery. And our special needs room. I'll put up against any church in the city. God has blessed us immensely with so many resources and so many things to give back to our community. The outreach we did in the summer with the snow cone. Then we did the, the back to school ministry to the school where we fed the teachers and the students. And then we had October out here. How many got to be a part of that on Halloween where people came through? Over 600 people came by our campus that evening. Some of them didn't even know uh, well, who we were. But there are people that told us we didn't even know this church was opened. But, but then they see life and they hear, they see the people and the friendly smiles. A lot of you got to witness to those people. And then we got to bless people around the Thanksgiving season, the Christmas season. And now here we are about to welcome in the new year. So can we give the Lord a hand out of praise that this has been a great year. An absolutely fantastic year. And for those of you that uh, attended Multiplication Sunday, you got to hear a few more of those things. And then the annual business meeting coming up in February. Um, that's going to be an even greater chance to see the numbers and the giving numbers, the attendance numbers. Guys, it is unprecedented what is happening at this campus. And it's because of you, but more importantly, it's because of God. And so I thank God 
appreciate everyone for you. I thank God for opportunity to be in the campus pastor here, to see your faces every single week, to worship with you, to be, I'm humbled to be able to share the word in this pulpit where many great men have stood and shared the word, where our pastor has stood and shared the word, where Pastor Micah and, and all the people that came before me to get this campus facilitated, get going before they brought me in. There's such a rich history here. And there's such a great foundation of prayer and the word here. And that means if we have a solid foundation and a good place to build on, then we're going to build great things into the new year. And that's my transition into 2024. Because the word for the new year is the word best. Everybody say best. Now, what I want you to immediately put out of your mind is that God wants you to have the best of everything. That's not what we're talking about. I do not believe name the client. I do not believe you're the Ferrari. I claim that in Jesus' name. I do not believe you drive through a neighborhood and you look at a $3.5 million estate and go, that's my house in Jesus' name. We don't, we don't do that. We don't believe that. Here's what I mean by the word best. This year, 2024, we're going to talk about all year long, in different topics, different books, different sermon series, we're going to talk about how we want God's best for us. I don't want to pick what I think is best. God, this year, I want your best for me. Can I get an amen? That's the word the Lord spoke to me. He said, this next year, how many, how many know in the Jewish calendar, this year is the year of the door. But it's not only the year of the open door, it's the year of the closing door. And so this year, what I, what I felt the Lord say to me as I was researching that is I want you to close the door on what you think is best and open up your door to what I say is best. Are you hearing me this morning? So when I say this year, we're going to focus on having the best life ever because Jesus said, I've come to give you life and I've come to give you life abundantly. So when I say that, I say, Lord, this year, 2024, I want what is best for me. I want the life you have that is best for me in my marriage, with my children, on my job site, when I'm in the workplace, when I'm in the marketplace, when I'm with friends, when I'm with family, when I'm with strangers, when I'm with lost people, when I'm with, the, when I'm with other people, when I'm, in, when I'm in a place that I'm, when I'm, I'm comfortable, when I'm in my comfort zone, when I'm in my church, when I'm outside my church, everywhere I'm at, every moment of every day, God, in that moment, I want what's best for me. Are you hearing me today? So that's what we're going to talk about over this next year. And we're going to start there with Matthew 7. And I want you to go down to verse 24. Matthew 7 and verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And then the rain fell. And the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 25 and everyone, excuse me, verse 26 and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell. And great. Everybody say great. Great was the fall of it. Pastor David, what do you mean? Why did you make us repeat the word great? Great was the fall of it, which means it was not unnoticed. 
Everybody who drove by saw, oh, that house ain't working. That house fell. There used to be a house there. Not a house there anymore. One of my first assignments from God was I was at a church plant in Long Beach, Mississippi. It was ground zero for Hurricane Katrina. To drive up and down that coastal road and see there used to be a house there. There used to be a hotel there. There used to be a restaurant there. And there's not anymore. Great was the fall of it. That's what this verse is saying. It will not be an unnoticeable catastrophe. Great is the fall of it, which means everyone who sees that house will know that house fell. But everyone who sees the house on the rock will also see the house is still standing. This morning, I want to talk about, as we talk about this new year, vision blueprints. Vision blueprints. And I want to talk about if I can see it, then I can build it. If I can see it, then I can build it. Somebody say that with me. If I can see it, I can build it. One more time with authority. If I can see it, I can build it. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word, when it goes forth, it does not come back empty. So now, Lord, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, may it be pleasing in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Have your way this morning, God, and have your way in 2024. We want what's best for us. We want your best in our lives. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, what do you say? Amen. If I can see it, I can build it. God has designed a life for you. God has designed your life in a way. The Bible says that the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. The Bible says before I was even born, he knew me. The Bible says that before I was even a thought in my mother's, uh, my dad's eye and my mother's womb, that God was already beginning to knit me together. That there's a book on my life that has already been written for me that can be both encouraging and scary. But here's what I've learned about God. And I was in a prayer time with God thinking about that. How God has already written my already written my life's work. Already written the best book ever. And what I love about it is as good as I can write my own story. How many know because God is perfect. He's written a perfect book for me. Now here's what's amazing about God. Is God gives you the book of your life on the day of your birth. And you open up that book and it's been written already. But it's written in pencil. And the Lord showed me in a, in, a, in a prayer time a vision of the book of my life and a pencil in my hand. And he said, David, you have two choices. Trace my letters or erase them. Trace my letters or erase them. The choice is still yours. You can follow in my steps and have the life I always intended you to have. Or you can flip it Erase what I've written and write your own and it will not be as good as mine. Are you hearing me this morning? So when I talk about the best life, I'm talking about I want you to have God's best for you. I want you to have in 2024 truly the best year ever. I want you to look back on it and it may not look like the best in numbers. 
It may not look like the best in statistics. It may not look like the best in all the measurables. But when you look back over the year of 2024 at this time next year, I want you to look back and go in every season and in every area of my life. God gave me the best for that moment. God, I chose the best. I chose the better thing. I think about Daniel and the Hebrew children when they were taken captive in Babylon and they were serving all this vile food and drink to all the servants. But Daniel and and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, can we choose the better thing for us? Can we choose the fruits and the vegetables? Can we choose the water and not eat these things that defile us? Can we choose the best things for us? In the same way in this new year, I'm believing that for all of us. That this year as a church, we will look at the situation that is in our lives. Instead of impulsively doing something or going off past experience or going off, well, this worked in 2022, it's going to work in 2024. Instead of doing anything like that, looking at everything and going, God, the word for the year is best. You tell me what's best. You tell me what's best. And I'll pick the best thing for my life. Amen. God's designed it. Now it's our opportunity to walk it out and see it come to life because God's a master architect. Those of you in the room, how many of you in, the, how many of you in, in here have ever, have ever um, uh, drawn up or designed anything that needed to be built? Even if it's a doghouse or a birdhouse. Okay, I got a couple of hands up here. Ladies, let me come to you. Maybe you've never built anything manufacturally. But how many of you ever baked a big cake or baked a big uh, or had a big dinner layout that you had to make or had to craft something together? Uh, Those hands went up again. Awesome. But but anyway, whatever, whatever it may be, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's building a car or building a cake. Or, or designing an, an event or a, or a plan, whatever. Before it, go, before it happens, what do you have to do? You have to visualize it. I have to see it. If I can see it, I can build it. So one of the things I hate that people say is, it's okay, we'll just wing it. That scares me. When it comes to my car, you better not just wing it. When it comes to my children, you better not just wing it. When it comes to this church, Lord, we are not going to just wing it. Are you with me today? We're going to have to. We're going to have to vision it. What does he? What is it going to look like? What do we got to do with it? We got to build it. And how many of you know? Especially when it comes to building a home, there are principles that must be followed when building the home. So here's your very first blank: the builder's priority number one. Number one priority in building a house is location, location, location. First priority when building a house is location. Absolutely important. In the story in the Bible, we read that that there were two locations. There was rock and there was sand. And the wise man picked the rock and the foolish man picked the sand. Location is everything when building your house. Here's a couple. Here's a few things location determines. First of all, location determines the stability of the structure. If the, if the location is not a salt place to build, why would I want to build something there that I hope will last forever? 
And if I do build something in an, un, in an undesired location, I need to change the ground of that location to where it will stand. Are you with me? We cannot just assume that by picking any random thing and building on it, it's going to last. That's why it's so important you don't build your life on people. Because what happens with people? They change. They have emotions. They have good days. They have bad days. I'm not going to base my life on people. I'm not going to base my life even on the person I love the most in this world. As much as I love Jessica, Lauren, Holly, I cannot build my life on her because one bad hair day may ruin my life. <laughs> Thankfully, she never has bad hair day. But you get my point. You have to build your life on something that's unshakable. That's why Jesus made it a point to say rock versus sand. Sand, if I put it in my hand, I can shift it. I can make it move. It'll drip through my fingers. But if I hold a rock and I shake it, it, it doesn't move. Rock ain't going to fall through my fingers. It's solid. It's unshakable. The second thing about the location is its climate. You don't build a one inch thick tent in Alaska. You build a thick, solid cabin or house or castle. You don't build a huge sweltering um, uh, insulation filled uh igloo type home that you would build in the Arctic in southern Florida. You will fry inside there. You hear me today. So where I, the climate of the location determines what kind of home needs to be built there. And can I tell you this morning, you need to be very careful in what climate of life you build certain parts of your life. If that climate is not stable, or is unpredictable, or is not conducive to produce good fruit in your life, maybe you shouldn't build there. Well, Pastor David, my, I just can't understand it. I, I, I'm trying to build this relationship, but, but you know, every time I look, it, it seems like we're stressed about this, and we're stressed about that, and we're arguing about this, and we're arguing about that. Can I ask you a question? What kind of climate have you cultivated there? What kind of climate have you cultivated around your finances? Do they belong to God or do they belong to you? What kind of climate have you cultivated when it comes to your children? Are you raising your children the way you were raised? Or are you raising your children the way God wants them raised? What is your climate? What is the climate of your home? Do your children enjoy going home? Do your children enjoy coming to church? We have made it a point to make sure that the climate of our facilities is welcoming and loving and exciting. And our kids want to come back here. My kids ask me all the time, when are we going back to church? Because it's not because I'm the pastor and I'm paying them to ask that. It's because I want them to feel excited about being in God's house. And the same is true with all of you. I want you leaving this church every Sunday a little bit sad you have to leave and excited equally that you get to come back and do this again. 
because that's the climate we're creating here. The third thing about the location is its value. Some locations of land have more value than others. What's the surrounding homes like? What are the the nearby businesses? In what part of the country is it? In what part of the state is it? Is it on lush is it on lush property or is it on a fault line? Is it in a place that gets a lot of storms or is it a place that has temperate weather usually? The value of the land determines what kind of structure can be built there. In the same way, your value will be quickly determined by what you let surround your area. Uh-oh. What you allow into your life what you allow into your neighborhood, what you allow to get all up in your grill will determine quickly the value you have. That's why you cannot allow your value to be determined on what's around you or what you allow in or what you push out. Your value has to be determined on where you build. And the Bible says the wise men built on the rock. Don't get ahead of me because I know where you, I know where all you know where this is going. But the next thing we got build after you've decided your location is you've got to build a strong foundation. There we go. You got to build a strong foundation. Once you got your location, the next thing to do is lay the foundation. This is where we're going to build. So let's start building the foundation. So we got to build. No, not that kind of foundation. Although, ladies, you build your face from the ground up, right? So you got to lay a foundation. I'm just kidding. This kind of foundation. This foundation is very, very important. And the foundation does a few things. First and foremost, it's the first thing you do. You don't build your roof and then build your foundation. You don't build your yard and then build your foundation. Ladies, you don't plant your beautiful rose garden where the foundation needs to go. And you don't build your man cave before you build your foundation. The foundation is first. Are you hearing me this morning? Not only is it done first, it shapes the house. Once the foundation is laid, that's the shape of the house. Are you hearing me? I know this is so simple, but I really want you to catch the power of this. By laying this type of foundation, I'm determining it's going to be this type of house. So if my foundation is rectangles and squares, I am not going to build round walls. I'm going to build square walls and rectangle walls. If I wanted a round wall, I would build a round foundation. Are you hearing me? It's very, very important that to see a lot of people are trying to structure their home in a certain way, but their foundation is not capable of holding that kind of structure. And a lot of people are trying to build a certain type of shape or adjust their life in a way, and their foundation cannot support that. Because the foundation determines the shape of the house. Not only does it determine its physical shape, it determines its structural shape. If the foundation is faulty, 
and full of cracks and was not laid properly and was not established properly, then eventually you're going to see cracks in the wall and you're going to see unlabeled areas. You're going to see floors that are unlevel and you're going to see things begin to take shape and change. And you realize quickly, I didn't do enough good on my foundation. So it don't matter how beautiful the decoration is. It doesn't matter how gorgeous your Christmas tree decorations are. It doesn't matter how gorgeous your bedroom suite is or how awesome your kids' rooms look. It don't matter about any of that. The moment the foundation is faulty or unstable, it topples the whole thing. That's why it has to be done first. It has to be done right because it truly shapes the house. And the final thing I want you to notice about the foundation is when the house is done, you don't see it. The foundation is the most important part of the house, but it's the part you don't see. Are you hearing me this morning? Pastor David, what in the world does this have to do with my life? I hope a lot of you are already beginning to catch it in spirit, but if not, hang with me. It's about to happen. Next part. Once you build a solid foundation, then you've got to build a solid structure. You've got to build the solid structure. So we've got our location, location, location. We've built our solid foundation. Now it's time to build a solid structure. And by structure, this is what I mean. The frame of it. It's got to be solid. I promise you those beams are not made of, of cotton. The beams in this picture are not made of plywood. These are rigid two by fours and two by sixes and two by eight and four by fours. These are solid planks of wood that you can't just walk up and break with your bare hand. Because you want it to be solid. You want it to stand for a long, long, long time. It has to be solid. But notice that the structure has done what? It's taken the shape of the house. Of the foundation. You look at the foundation on the bottom. There is no round corner. And then a square corner. It's square corners on square corners. Because the foundation once again shapes the house. But once the shape starts to happen. Now the house and the structure. Can begin to get a little different. What do I mean? Because the structure gives it definition. I know you did not think you were going to get an episode of Home Guard Network today, but please bear with me. I'm going somewhere with this. It gives it definition. This is the way the house looks. This is the shape of it, but also as it goes up, this is the definition of it. The house is not going to be all of a sudden 50 yards off where the foundation stops and the rest of the house is. No, this is the definition of it. It is defined here. It's also defined on how tall we can build it based on the strength of the foundation. You cannot build a, a 100-story building on a foundation designed for 10 stories. It will crumble. The foundation has to be able to support the structure. So the structure will begin to be defined as it goes up based on what the foundation has been done. But number, number two, the structure is what gives you the shelter. Now we got walls. Now we got a roof. Now we got windows. Now we can actually go inside something and have shelter. You can build a foundation and sleep on the foundation, but you're not going to be covered by anything. 
So we have to have structure on your foundation so now you can have shelter. What are you going with, Pastor David? You can't just have one and not have the other. They have to work together. Are you with me? To have a home, to have this building, we have our structure. We have our beams. We have our slats on our roof. We have this beautiful pine ceiling. We have the floor and we have the stage. And if I come down here and stump, you'll, there'll be solid slab under here. We have our foundation. We have our structure. If all we had was a structure and no foundation, we'd all be dead because this roof would cave in on us. If all we had was a foundation and had no structure, there'd be nothing in this room besides a flat slab. They have to work together to build a building. Are you with me? And finally, the last part of structure is it gives a layout. It gives a layout. There's, probably, there's usually not one big open room that goes floor to ceiling in a house. Typically, there's multiple rooms, right? So even though the foundation may not necessarily have cut-ins for the different rooms, as the structure goes up, we can make those cut-ins. Now we can add a wall here. We can add a wall there. We can put the stairs here. We can put a window here. Now we don't have to be as rigid as our foundation because now as our definition goes up, we can begin to go, I want this room here. I want the kitchen here. I want this bathroom here. We're going to go upstairs. There's going to be two bedrooms here and an office over here. And then the garage will be here. And then we get to put around the formation of the foundation where everything's going to go. Not only that, but as the foundation goes up and as the structure goes up, now we, can, now we can have some personality. Most of these homes have very similar foundations, but the styles are very different. When you, if you took all the, the structure off of each slab, the slabs wouldn't look dramatically different. A few shapes here and there, maybe a few different foundation places here and there, but for the most part, it's still slabs. But as the home goes up, the color choices, the wood choices, the mason work, the, the, the decor choices, what is the personality of this home going to be? The style, the look, and the personality is not what's important. But what do all these houses have in common? They all need to be up to code. So you're going to get that later. All these houses still have to be up to code. There's a standard for every one of them. They all have to be safe. They all have to follow city code, housing code, HOA code. They all have to follow standards on which they have to be determined by. So your personality can be different than somebody else's personality. Your lifestyle can look a little differently than somebody else's lifestyle. At the end of the day, we all have to enact to a certain code. We all have to hold ourselves accountable to something. We all have to look at something that's outside of us, that holds us accountable for this is how my life should be. This is what my life should look like. And that code is the best for that home to be safe, a place where people can raise their families, a place where people can do business, fill in the blank, whatever the structure is for. It's important to have the structure be in a way that it it's up to a standard to where it can be its best. There's that word again. It can have the best foundation, have the best structure, now have the best decor and look and personality and live according to the code that it needs to live to so that it can be the best house 
it can be. Are you starting to see it all come together? This is what I want to tell you this morning. All of these things are evident in your life. All three of these things you need to work on and build on for this next year. For, for God to truly give you the best life ever and the best year ever in 2024, we have to go into all three areas of our lives. We have to look at the location of our lives. We have to look at the foundation of our lives. We have to look at the structure of our lives. All of those things will determine what kind of life we have. You see, a lot of people focus on the above ground heart. A lot of people focus on the look of the house. Now I'm being metaphoric. A lot of people focus on the look of their lives. How how their lives appear on social media. So much so we pick which of the 20 selfies we just took do we want to put out to the world. And what filter do we want to put on that selfie? We care more about paint colors and decor and bells and whistles than location, foundation, and structure. Because how many know the Bible said here, let me go back to it real quick. Bible said here, check this out, verse 25. The house on the rock, the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house. Now look at the next verse, 26 and 27. The house is built on the sand. The rains fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house. Both houses got the same storm. Both houses got the same life. Both houses had to deal with the same adversity. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. That the storms come to those that are good and to those who are evil. That that everyone, both those who live righteously and those who live unrighteously, we both have to navigate through this crazy thing called life. The determining factor for which house will be standing at the end of it is not the paint color. It's not which kind of sofa was in the living room. It's not the the bedding choices in the master bedroom. What determined whether or not this house stood versus this house didn't stand had nothing to do with the personality, the decor, or the style. And everything to do with the location, the foundation, and the structure. Are you hearing me today? In this new year of 2024, to have the best life ever, to have what God says is best for you. So when this count, when, tw- when December 31st, 2024 comes, when you are still standing, in this thing called life. It will not be because in 2024 you picked out the best car. It will not be because in 2024 you finally got a promotion. It will not be because in 2024 you finally got accepted into that club you want to get into with the city. It will not be because in 2024 finally this church took a next step in the community and we went from having 50 people to 150 people. The aesthetics, the style, the numbers, the statistics are not what we measure by. When I measure the health of the building, I measure it by its location, its foundation, and structure. Are you hearing me today? Your life must be measured in the same way. What's the location of your life? What's the foundation of your life? What's the structure of your life? Everything else after that is interchangeable. 
Don't watch TLC. They can walk up. One of my favorite shows is Hometown. I love watching Aaron, Aaron and Ben Napier walk up to a building that's 100 years old and transforming it into a building that's now two years old or one year old or brand new. Sometimes they rip the whole thing down and build a brand new house on that foundation. It's all interchangeable. Stuff can move. Rooms can change. The bed, what was to be a bathroom can now be a kitchen. We can change the house. We can change the layout. We can change the paint color. But at the end of the day, the location, the foundation, the structure, that's got to be solid. Are you hearing me today? So Pastor David, are you finally going to pull this all together? Yes, here we go. The location is Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I sand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. My location is Christ. I build my life on him. I build my life on him. He is my firm foundation. In him I put my trust and I will not be shaken. My location is Christ. Pastor David, this is so 101. And why is the church, and why are so many Christians living in defeat? And living by emotions? And living by a yesteryear? Or what used to be? Or what possibly could be? If I'm living in Christ, He never changes. If I'm living in Christ, His promises are still yes and amen. If I'm living in Christ, and He is my location, then everything He said is mine. Every promise he made is mine. The atonement of his cross is mine. The victory of his resurrection is mine. His soon coming return is mine. Because my life is built in him and not in anything else. Everything else changes. He never does. Are you with me today? That's my location. Number one most important thing. That's where I'm building so when it comes to my marriage, I build in him. I'll never forget the illustration my marriage counselor showed me and my wife when we were doing marriage counseling with them. He took a piece of paper. I wish I had the diagram and showed you. He took a piece of paper and he put a big cross here and he said, okay, here's Christ. And he put a male symbol. He said, here's you. And he put a female symbol and said, here's your wife. The closer you get to Christ, the closer you get to each other. It was so powerful. It changed how I viewed marriage. Because so many times we, we, we're like, well, we got to work on our marriage so we can be closer to Christ. It's the opposite. The closer I get to Christ, the closer he'll hold me to her. And the closer she gets to Christ, the closer she'll get pulled to me. The heart of our marriage, the three-stranded cord is not easily broken. Two strands, me and her, that might break. Three, him in the middle, we're not breaking. We're not breaking. When it comes to my children, we build them up in Christ. Here's what Christ says you are. Here's the identity Christ has given you. Every part of our life, I could go on and on and on about every part of my life. Every part of my life, I build it in Him. What about the foundation, Pastor David? That's the Word. That's the Word of God. The word of God is my foundation. 
That's what I build on. I build in Christ, but I build on his word. So what are the parameters of your word for my life, God? When it comes to how I talk, what does your word say? When it comes to how I live my life, what does your word say? When it comes to the choices I make, what does your word say? When it comes to what kind of friends I should have, what does your word say? When it comes to how I should conduct business, what does your word say? When it comes to how I should live in my marriage, what does your word say? Everything I do is shaped by his word. That's my foundation. We cannot build an oblong shaped house on a, on a, on a square shaped foundation. I cannot build a 10-story skyscraper, uh, 100-story skyscraper on a foundation that can only support 10 stories. I need to strengthen my foundation if I want to have that kind of structure. Are you hearing me this morning? We cannot focus on things out of our control. God builds the house. We labor with him. So God determines when this foundation's ready for more. God determines when we can add on a room. God determines when we can go up another story. God determines those things in our lives. We follow the foreman. We follow the architect. We follow the builder. We build with him. And we build it on his word. Are you here with me? And finally, the structure, those supports, the stories, that prayer. That's prayer. I want you to see something. Pastor David, how come prayer is not the foundation and word is the structure? Why is it that way? Because the word determines your prayer life. Are you seeing that? The structure comes out of the foundation. Your prayer life is rooted and grounded in the word. The way you pray, the way you pray for each part of your life, the structure for the bedroom that comes out of the foundation is a little bit shaped differently and measured differently than maybe the structure of the kitchen. So when you pray for your marriage, it's going to be different than when you pray for your family. Are you hearing me this morning? But the structure, the, the structure that comes up out of that foundation, the way this part of the house is shaped determines how this is. So therefore, the way this comes out of my life determines how I pray for it. Determine the, the shelter of the, of the roof and the kind of roof that it is. The kind of covering you have under the anointing of God and under the authority of your pastor and your campus pastor and your boss and, and all the people that are over you in your life. The covering of your home, the covering of your life. How you pray for that determines it's structured by how the foundation supports that roof. I know this is so metaphoric and I hope you're beginning to see it because if you can see it, you can build it. If you can see your life as a home, as you can see your life as a structure and go, okay, is my location in Christ? If it's not, your building can move. I have seen people move buildings. Your building can move. If you are not in Christ yet, you can be. 
If you are not founded and built in Christ yet, those of you watching at home or those of you in the room today, if your location is not yet Christ, it can be. Not only that, but if your foundation is not God's word, you can restructure and make it your foundation. And if your structure in your life is not founded and rooted in prayer, which is, which is all it is, is conversation between you and God, it can be. If your, prayer, if your house is shaking and unstable and there's holes in the walls and there's, the elements are getting in, for some reason, it's always cold in that room. It's always wet in that room. And then when you walk in, you realize there's no wall here. What happened? Maybe that's an area of your life you're not devoting to prayer. Whoa, now it all makes sense. Well, Pastor David, you don't understand. Every single time that I go into this area of my life, I'm just, I'm just defeated and I don't know what to do about it. Have you ever taken time to give it to God in prayer? Have you ever brought in someone that can look at that area and go, we need to do this, we need to do this. This is not up to code. That's where we're at, church. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Thank you.